Welcome to MCSO Behind the Badge, an inside look at the Murrow County Sheriff's Office in Rochester, New York, under the leadership of Sheriff Todd Baxter. We're going to talk about what drives us, our leadership culture, our police work, and share some stories of the great deputies and civilian staff that work with us. We're going to talk with interesting guests, and we're going to invite you to engage in the conversation or just sit back, relax, and listen in. Now let's get in pursuit of today's show. Well, hello, friends. Welcome back to Behind the Badge, a podcast we do here at the Monroe County Sheriff's Office in Rochester, New York, to share, uh, you know, who's behind the badge if they're wearing a uniform as a sheriff's deputy or, or people that support us that are behind the sheriff's office and in law enforcement and what makes us tick. We explore many avenues on here and uh, on the show, and, and today we're going to explore, if you will, addiction and, and what's a current addiction crisis that's occurring in our community. But take a, a step back. Uh, just a few short years ago here in Monroe County, we had 220 deaths and over 1,000 uh, overdoses that survived in one year here in Monroe County. Think about that number, 220 uh, body bags, dead human souls uh, you know, at the medical examiner's office. And, and really, there wasn't many people at that time when we were losing hundreds uh, saying anything or doing anything. Uh, in particular, our politicians and folks were not screaming uh, if there was any other cause for those deaths. There'd be a, a natural disaster declared and there'd be the National Guard here in the command post. But uh, the only thing we really had at that time is... is uh, is Chief Jim Van Brebro from the Gates Police Department, uh, who's one of our guests, and and may, uh, Sandra Dorley was helping out our district attorney, and then uh, a lot of people in the nonprofit and community were, were stepping up to the plate. And uh, thank God now we have a coordinated effort, a more coordinated effort. But the, so with that, let me introduce my two guests today, Chief, Chief uh, Jim Van Brebro. How are you, Chief? Oh, it's great to be here. And uh, Sheriff Baxter and I go way back in our careers. And uh, Maple section, and I now think, look right? at us. Yeah, <laughs> you were in Maple Owls Lake, I think, on the midnight shift. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Back in the 1980s, we won't say what <laughs> year, was. but that's a long time ago. And uh, we'll, we'll get a little more into, into you and who you are, what makes you tick, uh, Chief. But uh, Randy Semino, hey, we've known Chief? each other that long too, haven't we? We have. We have. I remember when you two characters just started out. <laughs> <laughs> that's back when we were young, could jump yeah. fences and run. Right, yeah. I could also do the same. <laughs> now look at us. And Randy, uh, Randy is uh, not a law enforcement officer, but very familiar with law enforcement. I am. <laughs> I am. And now I'm the president of Gates to Recovery. Gates to Recovery. And can't wait to share. Exactly. That's why we have you guys on the podcast. How you take something like the epidemic in your experience in life, Randy, and our experience in law enforcement, two different sides of the aisle, we'll get into that, uh, and combine it for something positive that's saving lives today, saving lives here yeah. in Monroe County. You know, we had 220 deaths in one year. And the objective was, I know our objective is zero, yeah. right? And, and you came up with a program to under 100. Let's let's take incremental steps, and we're driving towards it. So We almost made it last Almost. Year. Amen, brother. So why don't you uh, take a little bit, introduce yourself, Randy. Who are you? What makes you tick? Uh, and, uh, I'm Randy Semino. I uh, was born in Gates. Um, I started my crime time in probably when I was like 20, right? in 78 or 79. Mm -hmm. Um Got to know you guys pretty well. I won a lot, lost a few. <laughs> Spent a lot of time in jail. I've been arrested 149 times. 149. Yep. Nine <laughs> felony convictions and seven state prison sentences. Wow. So I wow. know the system fairly well. The last time I got out, I uh, had a request to meet Chief Van Bredrow, and I was so freaking against it. I said, <laughs> every time I see him, bad things happen. Right. I don't know if I want to do that. But I did. I, I, I went over and met with him and. uh that was, what, five years ago, four years ago? It was. And uh, so we've come quite a ways in that four years, uh, Todd. I watched you go through so many different 
jobs. Yeah, we, uh, you just can't seem to hold a job. Yeah, I know. That was actually someone used against me in the, in the campaign. I remember that. Todd Baxter can't keep a job. <laughs> But you, you know, you you've really come a long way. But I, I again, we as I when I when I talked with you after uh, after I got started with Jim, and uh, we go back and 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 I can sit here and say thank you to both of you guys for the numerous long boring lectures that I received <laughs> in the backseat of your cars. But Those are counseling sessions. All that all that stuff. Um, all that stuff mattered. It does matter, and it did matter. And uh, thanks to you guys being able to slow me down at times, um, kept me alive this long and uh, allowed me to change things up. And your addiction, let's just talk about that. I was uh, cocaine. Cocaine. Cocaine was my thing. Um, look, man, I, I mean, what can I say? I, I, I stole millions of dollars. I, I seriously did. And, and, and its sad part is, is I spent it all back with the uh, – with the drugs, you know what right. I mean. So I, was, I, I had nothing. Nothing to show for. Nothing it. to show for. Nothing, nothing to show for, for <laughs> except a very long criminal record, right? And a lot of wasted time. Um, but again, uh, <laughs> the upside is the three or four that I can thank. Really, it would be yourself, uh, Chief Jim, Sandra Dorley, and uh, and my girlfriend Lisa. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, I think he's got a tear in his eye in the last I one. Do Lisa, not. It's you not did. true. You did. That's Passes wrong. Issues. That's absolutely wrong. But. <laughs> With, with you guys combined and the chances that I was able to get, which is why I get involved so much right. right now because you guys aren't able to do the same for the people that are out there now. Yeah, you, you, it's, a, it's a team effort, and you come from a, a real-life experience that we yeah. don't have. Chief, what uh, a little bit we didn't get a chance. A little bit about yourself. Where'd you grow up? I know you work for the Rochester Police Department. Now you're the chief of a great town of Gates. And, uh, yeah. So, makes you, and, then, uh, and then if you will just go into why did you get so passionate about Addiction. Yeah, so I, I got on the job in 1985. I went to Gates Chalet High School and got hired by the town of Gates back then as 21 years of age. And, and about four years later, I transferred over to RPD uh, right. to join Todd and everyone else over there. And uh, we, we had some great times in the late 80s, early 90s. And then uh, I, I transferred back to Gates. I just thought my talents were better used in a, in a smaller department. And I've uh, been there since then and been chief since 2013. Wow. But, um, yeah, you know, I, I remember the day vividly. So 2013, I, I became chief. And around 2014 or 15, I'm, I literally I'm sitting at my desk one day, and this news reporter calls and says, uh, hey, chief, have you seen an uptick in uh, overdose deaths? And, you know, I had. I'd seen these reports. I, I didn't think much of it until this news reporter uh, made an inquiry, and, and I said, geez, let me take, let me take a look. And, and I started pulling numbers, and I go, I'm like, oh, my gosh, what's going on? And then to think it was it was heroin because, you know, Todd, when, when right. we came on, I mean, look, at only the hardcore, you know, the Hollywood right. movie guys were drug. on heroin. Right. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. If you were on heroin, you were on Skid Row. Right. And I, I was like, I couldn't believe all these people in my town were on heroin, and, and, and I had no idea about this this whole, you know, the opioid thing and the prescriptions and the pain medicines. And so it was a, you know, I started digging into it and I had to self-educate myself to find out how this all happened. And uh, and then I, I was shocked at what was not being done. And, you know, a lot of the public leaders, you know, look, at, if you talk about drugs, and it's in all our families, it's in my family too. Sure. But, you know, it's one of those dirty subjects we don't want to talk about, right? It, it, you don't want to sit at a picnic and talk about your loved one's addiction and stealing from you. And it really was a dirty subject, and you know nobody, political leaders, nobody was really addressing it. And so I started, you know, to become uh, kind of outspoken as my little position as a, as a police chief. And, and and again, it motivated me. It was all these poor families that right. were just losing, you know, average normal people, you know. 
And then, uh, so it was kind of ironic when uh, this guy decided, this other felon uh, said, hey, I want you to meet Randy Semito. <laughs> he's, he's, he's out of jail. He wants to come talk to you at, uh, you know, Gates Recovery that we had started. And the only reason why we, we started this Gates Recovery is, you know, I had hooked up with some some people that were in recovery, they, and they came to me and said, hey, how about we partner? You know, obviously, I, you know, we as law enforcement have the customers, and they have the the experience, the peer-to-peer to talk, to talk with, with people that are in addiction and, and, and how to get them into treatment. So we, we, we kind of came together and started this case recovery. But uh, so, anyway, so so Randy shows up, and, of course, you know, I'm, I'm kind of thinking like he is. I'm like, I, I can't believe, you know, Randy Cimino. <laughs> I'm going to sit down <laughs> with Randy Cimino. And you got to understand, here before that, he had just sent me this, this real burning letter he <laughs> sent me from jail. Oh, I was mad as hell. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I had heard Randy Savino five like, why is this prisoner writing me a letter? And then it's Randy Savino, and I'm like, oh, he wants to talk to me, right? Okay. Right. So you know, it was it was kind of one of those moments where you know I think there was some divine intervention that brought us together. And, uh, you know, I was a little, yeah, at first, you know, there's, you got to build a trust, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a felon, and I don't want to uh, get too close to him if he's going to end up going back to that lifestyle or, or relapsing. And so, you know, we started uh, s- small steps, and uh, as that relationship developed, and he proved to me that he was, you know, out of that lifestyle. Uh, it's really been a great asset, as you know. He's yeah. benefited all of us in law enforcement to be that spokesperson now, because uh, he's got a great story. You know, he has yeah. an incredible story, and it's all about saving lives. You know, <clears throat> so then that year came when we heard about the two twenty, right? right? I think that was on your election year, yeah. and uh, I was <laughs> so not happy how that was rolled out. It was done on uh, the, the day before the 4th of July, right. right? This quick press release was put out with this number, 220. We, and we, Not only did we bury 220 people, we buried the story. It was terrible, terrible. Yeah. And I, I remember sitting around my office with a couple of my guys, and I'm like, somehow we got to put a face to this, right? People, you hear a number, right? You know, you, you don't think about it until you see it, right? And I, somehow we got to put a face to this. And then, you know, Todd, your experience... You know, with the VOC and stuff, I said, you know, what's very successful is that that moving wall to Vietnam, right? right. I said, it's all right. So, and then we got talking. I said, you know what? We need to come up with a van, a moving memorial. And so we actually took an old police van and, and um, we had it uh, wrapped with all these pictures on there of people that gave us photos of their loved one that had passed away. And, and we put like three messages on that van, you know, right. we, we have recoveries possible. Uh, it's in my family too. Mm-hmm. Take away that shame. And then we have the law enforcement message that, that you really helped craft on the back of it, you know, that if you sell a fatal dose, you're going to be charged with a homicide. And, and, and that van has been very, uh, a great tool to, to bring some awareness to this, get it out in parades and, and, and to use that. And I, families really appreciate um, you know, their you, loved you ones' legacy right. is still out there. And it's really snowballed. And it's been a great tool for all of us. You know, a lot of times we've, we've arrested people. And I, I give a great example. We had uh, this, this lady literally was um, was uh, shooting up in a parking lot. And in the back seat of a car was, was the six-month-old in the car yeah. seat. And, and somebody saw it, you know. And they call us. And, quick, you know, we got there. And, you know, we did the charges for the the possession. We brought her in. But, you know, it's, it's one of those, like, come to Jesus moments, you know. Right. And we say, hey, you know, this is, this is pretty bad, right? <laughs> you got your six-month-old in the back seat. You know, you're at a crossroads, right? I mean, if you're interested in recovery, I can hook you up with the right people, and we can do this like now, right? We're not going to wait till tomorrow. It's, it's got to be now, you know. And uh, and she agreed, and I, I called the court and got an extension on a court date, hooked them up, hooked her up with Randy and everybody, and they hooked her up within 24 hours out of state. She went. Uh, to, to get some rehab, but that's what that's it's it. all that's about. That's saving lives. That's literally to be today. saving lives, right? When they got that moment in their life, they're willing to 
to do, make the right decision. But you know, you know, Todd, it's, it's it's funny when when I when I started talking to both of you guys, right? The, the thing is, this I for a good portion of my life, I hid from you guys. That right. was my thing, and and I can't say that I hated you guys. I just didn't like your jobs. You know, what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but you know. It, when, when I got together with Jim and yourself and we started doing what we're doing and you see the difference that you're making and, and I get calls 24 hours a day man our hotline is blowing up That's but awesome. people call me personally as well hours a day. it's, it's non-stop man and, and, and the hard part is what, what was there five five uh, grassroots companies when we started this thing and, and we're the last ones out there right now mm-hmm. ROC has people drop in and work out or whatever but uh, you know in the beginning it was all about Stay away from Semino. He's not going to last. <laughs> and I got it, man. Believe me, if anybody understood that, it was well, me. Yeah, you. you, you I, I, one thing I know about Randy Semino, he's got perseverance. You should have been dead years ago. Absolutely. Right? I mean, let's, let's be as frank as possible. And for some, as the chief mentioned, by, by divine intervention possible, you're still alive and you're saving lives. Yeah. Just with, with, and, you, and you got a story that we can't right. tell people in the back seat. You, You've been the experience. Right. Um, but let's talk about uh, – let's, let's – you know, so we joke about you know how many felonies you had and all right. that. But, but each one of those, every it's time you stole something, you stole from somebody, right? So there's also not the only are bodies why. dropping, right? But there's also multiple, multiple, multiple right. hundreds of victims of crimes that you were responsible well, for. I and, was, and every other person and, that's addicted. And, 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 and anybody that knows me knows what I do right now is I try to make up for that. Yeah, yeah, and you, <laughs> you know yes, I mean? you give back so much, and, and we'll get on that, right? You you are giving back to the community. Everything you're doing is utterly incredible. But the the, the, the where I was going with that is is you think about. You know, if we can stop one person from dying, right. that's our mission, right? Save lives, yeah. Chief said it. But also, if we can get someone off the tracks of addiction, how many hundreds of other people are we helping in the community? Because those people, and as you'll, you'll attest to, those people that are addicted, have they have no idea what the hell's going on. Yeah. And they'll steal from their own grandmother. Yeah. And they're going to go through your pocketbook, and they're going to go through your car, and they're going to go through your garage if it's open. And, and, and we need to capture these people and use sometimes the criminal justice system as a tool, you know, well, you know, Todd. You this know. is one of the things. Look, um, one of the most important things is, and, and I, and I don't like to talk about this, but I gotta, is um, the bail reform needed to be done? Okay, right. Not the way it was done, and 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 I, and I gotta tell you, you're not. I know so many out there that are struggling, but this is the deal. I'm gonna use myself. If I was still out there, mm-hmm. uh, doing what I did, every time I got that appearance ticket, it would go on the floor of my truck. And it would move on to the next one, and the next one, and the next one. Not, and because you, again, no excuse. You're doing no. a crime. You got to do the time. Yeah, but, you know me, but but you you're not thinking logically. By no, any means no, you're moment. not. There's thinking, no logical. Man. If if I do this, but I'm gonna have this repercussion. What nobody sees is that you at are, the end of this you run, you're out of control. Right, you're out of control. But <laughs> right. at the end of this run, one of two things is gonna happen. Right. You're gonna kill yourself before the time comes. But when you make it to court and you have to go to court, right. the judge still has the. The, the, the power to give you all that time. Right. So instead of like you guys would stop me 60 days, 90 days, whatever, and then I would have a chance to get clean and rethink everything and, and give it a try. And then and I would get short periods of time in my life where I was clean. Right. You know, until the and last surviving. time. Surviving. Yeah, you're, you're pretty much. Right. And uh, so, it, you know, all these little crimes that are happening, you know, and, and, and right now, I know a lot of, I, listen, I deal with these guys every day that are, that are struggling with addiction. So, the, uh, now that there's appearance tickets for for uh, nonviolent crimes, okay. Right. So now instead of doing a petty larceny, we're going to up it to a grand larceny. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because what's the difference? You're going to get the same appearance ticket. Yeah, and you're not thinking about a court date. In no, three, you're three not thinking about it. You're thinking about. They're the not next going to minutes. court, man. Yeah, you're thinking you about the next 30, thirty minutes is their life ex- their right. life attention span, right. lifespan, possibly. And and the, and the thing is this: so if you don't kill yourself, 
and you finally, let's say, you get put in jail. Okay, at the end of this thing, you're going to go to jail. There's no question about it. Jail's definitely going to happen. It's just when it happens. Mm-hmm. And then now we have to start looking at the suicide thing right. side of this because now you're so depressed. You're so sick. You know, it's it's the, the uh, one of the biggest things with the... Uh, with this deal is the depression that goes with it, the mental health side of this yeah. thing, and like you said, you'd steal from your, you know, your 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 grandparents, your mom, your dad, your your wife, your husband, whatever. The thing is that that because of the shame that builds up from that, right. that's what keeps you from right. coming out of it. So the reason I was able to come out of it because Jim was one of them. You're another one. You should really see a psychologist. And I'd be like, yeah, <laughs> okay, you know. But truthfully, that's what saved my life. Right. Okay, that, that, these these other programs are. They're for later. They're not for now. They're Sustain, not for sustainment. Now. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. something that you want to do after you address yourself. You have to go to someone that can't tell on you. You know what I'm saying? Right. So a therapist is bound by law, unless you're committing to a, you know a homicide or something, they're bound by law to keep quiet. Right. So now that you get a chance to look at yourself, learn how to live with what you've done, mm-hmm. okay, that's and look huge. forward to move past it. Right. That's, that's what saves you. And we have uh, grace comes into mind when you talk like that. You know, there's grace out here. People want to give you grace. We, we understand you did the crime, do the time. But with that, let's heal you and give you grace, not hold this over your head as, as you, you know. And, and that's what we laugh about. People have probably started the show. I got a police chief and a sheriff hanging out with a multi-year felon <laughs> yeah. uh, and laughing about it. We're not laughing at the crimes you no. did. We're not laughing no, at the fact how many times I had to chase you over fences. We're not laughing about, you know, you victimized a lot of people. That's No, we're laughing about... There's grace in the world too. Do your time, and you did it right. But come out and do. And you, you, your transformation is utterly incredible. That you are now from that now saving other people's lives. And what else could we ask for in society? Do your time, but come out and save lives. That's a pretty profound transformation. You know, Jim. It is, so that this meeting occurs, right? Two hundred twenty people falling. No one's talking about it. Randy walks into your office, uh, and several other people have started this this thing of Gates to Recovery. But it's it's really. It's as you sit back, as I sit back and watch it, it, it grew into this this organization that, you know, started with a touchy feely, if you will. Let's let's put a face on these people. Let's not, you know, and that's great marketing that should be had, right? I'm not saying anything derogatory towards that, but then then what, you know? And that's what you guys created. I, as I sat back and watched this thing grow, this gates to recovery, it it became more than putting a face on on the fallen. It, it became an entity that's now grabbing people 24 hours a day. How does that build in a, in a local police department? Uh, well, I t- first of all, you you have all these families that suffered a loss, and they're all looking for something. What can I do to make sure my loved one didn't die in vain? So I had this audience of people, and it was just about giving them some leadership, directing them on what they can do, right? Where to put their energy uh, to actually do something. So that that helped a lot. Having all all our families out there that that volunteer and we have we have all volunteers to answer that phone and it, it does ring 24 7 because it rings on my phone too as a backup just to make sure and uh it, it does ring at two in the morning <laughs> uh, but, uh so i i had all these great volunteers that were ready to uh do some stuff and it was just a matter of somebody coming up with that game plan on uh, how we could get the awareness education out there and then subsequently direct people to Appropriate services, and that's what this is all about, right? right? We're not here to provide treatment; we're just here to uh, get have, you to it, get you to it, yeah. and, and also have somebody can talk to you and talk the language. The sad part of it is, uh, Todd, out of out of out of ten people that will will get into a program, right. well, probably this week, we'll say, we'll be very very lucky to have, keep one, you know, and, and, and to get one to really 
Th- th- is that your is that your hit ratio? I mean, if we were talking one baseball, out of 10, yeah. one out of ten, about one out of actually more like one, one out of thirty is more God like forbid, it. You right, know, it's yeah. it's, it's, it's a, we get them in. They want to go in. We get them right, in, sure. and then they you know they get a couple of days, and then they go with this new drug, uh, this Molly. It's it's even bigger. It's going to be a bigger problem because the withdrawal time is is fourteen to seventeen days. Wow. So you know it's it's you're, I don't know if you've ever I'm sure you've seen someone in withdrawal before. And because of the things you've done at your jail, I got to be honest. I have to tip my hat to you there, man. Yeah. That's that's a big thing, and and uh, to to provide the maintenance drugs, and to get people on a program and get them stabilized before you cut them loose. That's right. huge. huge. I mean, it's yeah. just unheard of in any jail. So Absolutely. I mean, that I, I have to give it to you. That was a great idea, and I, and and I've seen a lot of successes coming out of the freaking jail right, versus right. my programs. Well, we, uh, <laughs> and I'll let you finish the story. But we have what, <laughs> we have what everybody else dreams of. When your when your son, your daughter, your mother, your father is addicted. And a 30-day inpatient bed's the gold standard, right? If I can only get them in a 30-day, I have 90-day inpatient beds. <laughs> I have 100. Whatever the judge sends them to, right. I got the one of the best medical assisted therapy wings uh, in all of, all of upstate New York. Uh, and I got what every family member dreamed of, that at least they're going to be safe and secure for how many days that sentence was. Uh, but you know, <laughs> I have to hand it to you. So you guys, the yeah, biggest success is coming out of the jail right now what the, as far as people that are – on maintenance drugs, not going right out to get high, right. you know, and they're reaching out for help, and we get them in, and now finding, we get them right. into right. They yeah. find us. They leave our bed and go to some, right. another bed because of you guys, right? Or, or a lot of them are have places to go, and now that they're on their maintenance drug, and we can get them hooked up with a therapist and a program, right. then their families are willing to keep them there. You know what I mean? And, and work with them to, to the step, the next step, which is not as hard as this step is when, when they're brought into your booking. It's just like being brought in to a detox bed. The difference is. They can walk out of a detox right. bed when they've had enough. You, right. you get it, but yep. they can't walk out of yours. So right. they will do what has to be done. And pretty much, you've made it. You've made it so that they're not thinking suicide anymore. They're thinking yeah. one more day, and I get to get. You know, right. I get to get on my drugs so I can start to live again. Right, survive. You know, yeah. and then you start to think, and then you want to do things. <laughs> I have How many, right how many? now. I've got at least twelve people work for me. That, that are, are recovering addicts, right. and they do a fantastic job. I mean, really, literally fantastic job. I, I do random urine tests and everything, but I got to tell you, these guys, they're fantastic, man. Yeah. Jim, you've seen their work. Um, I, I actually did a flip house, and I had, I had three three guys over there. They beautiful, beautiful job. Right. But they're given a chance. Right. See, with, with you, your program is another hope that now they can go out and get a job, yeah. and they could they could actually have a chance. And pounding a nail and working a plumb line is uh, just keeping <laughs> your mind off that, yeah. that addiction. It's always there, right? It doesn't go away. It, no, it doesn't go and, away. Uh, Listen, it doesn't go away for me, Todd. Right. I still struggle from times. Right. You know, and, and and I've got I've got my plan all worked out. What I do, right? What right. I do doesn't necessarily work for everyone, but when I was coke. Okay? When that monster climbs in your back, when yeah. it, when it, every once in a while I'll smell something, I'll right. see something, uh. I'll taste something. And, and it, it's it's just that quick, you know. And believe it or not, I keep something to eat in my vehicle all the time, a candy bar or something. And once I eat anything, a bite of any kind of food, right. it's gone. Wow. But it's it works for me. Yeah. Okay. But, but it, it won't it, work for the guy next to It's door. not going to work for a, for an opiate guy. Right. Okay. But it will work for a cocaine guy. Okay. Because believe it or not, food is like the the slayer of <laughs> of the cocaine. <laughs> Those eye. neurons. It like is. That. I'd, rather, like, I'd rather have that but, sugar. But I mean, right in now. the beginning, I would call. I would call Jim because he ninety nine percent of the time he answers the phone when I call, right. and I hear that freaking radio in the back, and I just hear his voice, and I never say really much to him. Like, hey, what's going on? We got anything going on tonight? And then, right. but and then it's over for me. Because you. Yeah, you know you have to hear that cop's voice, and that 
Goddamn radio. <laughs> Flashbacks to the police radio. But, you know, that, that stuff helps, man. And, wow. and, and the fact that he's willing to help and you are willing to help change things as far as my, uh, my next step and my next step and my next step. So, Jim, uh, you know, you hear Randy. I mean, this is what motivates me. There's hope, right? That's how I look at it. We do all this work, and, and you and I have joked before. I mean, we don't... You know, we're, we're getting towards retirement age. Someday we'll move on to, to greener pastures. Uh, we do a lot of extra work, I think. And I'm not here to brag, but, you know, building something like Gates to Recovery is not part of your job description. It's You still get paid the same amount of money by the taxpayers and, and Gates, keeping them safe and secure. So this Randy's story of people like, oh, you're hanging out with felon, and what is all this about? And then you hear the story. This is hope, man. This is hope right in front of us. And if we can give that one in 30, as Randy said, not one in 10, possibly one in 30, but just give that one. Absolutely. Just get that one, you know, motivate you. Come to yeah, work. Yeah, there's every no day paycheck and... for that, right? There's no, uh, there's no uh, job description for that. If you could save that one, no, but I, you know, Todd, obviously our our thoughts on policing have changed since we were over the thirty for thirty five right. years. You know, it was yeah. arrest them, lock them up, go on to the next one, and we didn't really care what caused them to do that. We didn't care what the outcome was. We just went out there. But, you know, today, as, as a little more mature, you know, we, we, we sit back and we look at how can we restore people mm-hmm. and not just make it a number and move on. And, and so the whole thought process of law enforcement has been changing to a restorative model, right, you right, know, right. make them whole again so we don't have to keep chasing them or putting them into right. the jail. And, and you know, I, I commend our, uh, the sheriff. He's probably one of the, the only sheriff that I, I can think of in recent history that took on this model. You know, you run the jail and, and you are ground zero and mm-hmm. you got in, you recognize that. You quickly went out and educated yourself by talking to people like Randy and said, hey, what, what, what do you want me to do with the sheriff who runs the jail what should we be doing you know and you you know uh, had that thought outside the box came up with a lot of these programs and uh and, and that's where the policing is today we're here to solve problems and right. not just push them around the corner and you and you think about so i always think uh, like politics right so you got conservative people going what the hell are you doing why are you giving no we're, randy broken down on how many hundreds of vehicles right in in a month sometimes i'm not bsing right I can keep you safe and secure by getting one person off that addiction track, right? That, that's good for you. It costs $130 at a minimum to incarcerate anybody inside the Monroe County. That's a minimum without mental health or medical needs, right? Right. Uh, that's good for the taxpayer, right? That's good. So we, the taxpayers will win if we can do this. You know, our more progressive side of the house, it's restored it. We, we are trying to save human souls and make them productive members of society. Uh, and, and most important, let them live. Right, let them live and let them then live a productive life like Randy's doing now. What a difference! Yeah, it's 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 about it's, as holistic you know, as you can get. Driving down the street, right? I, I drove for twenty years with a suspended license, revoked license, whatever. So driving down the street today is so different. You know, <laughs> you don't have to look back. No, <laughs> back in the winter. Well, I had I had so many suspensions; it cost me eleven thousand dollars to get wow. it back. So I had that long fight to to get it back. You know, to pay and pay and pay, and um. Besides my job, when I got, I had gotten hurt, so I, I can't do what I used to do. So I couldn't stand, like I can't stand for long hours. I was a chef, right? So I had to change up what I do. So now I'm a general contractor. Isn't that a lot of standing? No, no. It's a lot of sitting. It's a lot <laughs> of going it? in and talking to the customers. Gotcha. I have a lot of, I have a lot of men that, that work. Yeah. That <laughs> is, I have a lot of men that work like you do, right. and uh, but I don't. Right. <laughs> <laughs> But I hear <laughs> some, people, some people say that's actually my job description. <laughs> what are you looking at, Sergeant? <laughs> but you know, the, the thing is, is that I, I set I set up the jobs. Right. I get and I, and I and I follow through, make sure everybody's doing what they're right. doing, and that's right. what I do. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, if I knew it was 
this good. I mean, I I you couldn't steal I pad. couldn't steal this much money. You I'll tell you that. <laughs> that's, that's good. That's good. So, but it, and it and it's fun because I get to help people that are that are struggling as well. So, Amen. all the men that work for me now have some type of an addiction problem that they haven't checked. I I, I stay with them all the time. Yeah. You know, yeah. we get together after work, we talk about stuff. They need me twenty four hours a day. Answer they my phone. You know what I mean? Yep. You know they know what I'm all about. That's why when they come to work for and, me, and if they're, they're not game, ready to they're quit. They're gamefully employed with a boss that understands exactly yes. where they've been. Right, and they know exactly and what happens if they sw- if they flip it up on me. But that probably do the same thing for you too. Yeah, you know, and that's what it's all that accountability needs to be had. Well, forever. we're there for each other. That's yeah, what this is all about, man. And, and, and it works out well. They get a great pay. I pay them very well, and. Uh, for that pay, all I expect is that you be honest and do the best you can. If Absolutely. you make a mistake, everybody makes yeah, mistakes. Absolutely. We fix it. That's the idea of it. You make, make a mistake, we fix it. I make three or four before I get out of the house in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's just name and nature. So we, uh, believe it or not, it's been that 30-minute mark. We wow. said this would fly by. Uh, at the uh, the the podcast of the Monroe County Sheriff's Office Behind the Badge, we do a thing called the No Miranda Zone, where we ask you questions. And and Randy, you may have had the Miranda warnings a couple times already. And Jim, I know you read them a few times. It says you have a right to remain silent. Here you don't have that right, so you got to answer my question. So, All right, uh, go ahead. Uh, but Jim, it's going for you too because you're not a host; you are a guest. So, uh, uh, let's just say, what, what TV show, Jim? We'll start with you, Chief Embrero. What, what TV show do you would you binge watch? What's your favorite sitcom of all times? What? You know, I, I'm hooked on Mash. Uh, oh, still I, really? <laughs> that and uh, the Andy Griffith Show. Oh, I, I you love are throwback. The Andy wow. Griffith Show. Well, he, yeah. he could have been Opie. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point, right there. <laughs> Think about that. All right, Randy. If you, you've been uh, Sopranos, absolutely, hundred percent. I've been stereotyped. I'm, I'm sorry, but that's my crime show. family. That's my show, man. It's a mean no. I thought I was gonna say Blue Bloods or something. <laughs> I've, I've watched Blue Bloods. And cop Selleck, he just talks yeah. too slow for me. I can't watch cop. Sh- I don't like cop shows. I can't watch them. But em. yeah, man, it, it, I don't have time to watch TV. Like I know that's think. a good problem. Well, let's just uh, let's dream now. It, the next question is: If you had no money's not an obstacle, vacation time. Where would you go in the world? Where would be your number one vacation spot? Where do you where do you dream of being someday? And, and um, where would you go if money wasn't an obstacle? Well, I gotta tell you, man, uh, I've been to Florida once, and that's probably where I'd visit again. Yeah. But when I was there, I couldn't wait to get back. Huh? The air's different. Yeah, it just is, man. I, I mean, I, I gotta tell you, I'm right where I want to be. As oh, far good as for you. Like, I never thought I would say it, but in my life, I am right where I want to oh. be. Oh, there's a plug for Rochester, New York. <laughs> Chief Jim Embrero, where would you go? No money issue. Where, where's your dream? You know what? I, America's got every yeah. every climate and thing to see right here. So I'm a hometown boy. I, I, uh, New England, New Hampshire, I love going up there and <laughs> I would seeing say the mountains. <laughs> I would figure him to say that. <laughs> Maple syrup. <laughs> He plays bagpipes. I have seen him somewhere in the United Kingdom. <laughs> At least the UK, right? He had to figure a way to wear a dress in public. Oh, there you go. That's awesome. And, uh, you know, just one last question. Favorite candy bar? Oh, Heath. Heath. Oh, my God. I know that's a candy bar. Three Musketeers. There you go. With that, guys. So light. <laughs> a lot of calories. Was that a commercial? A lot of calories. <laughs> that's awesome. I don't know a better way to finish up the program than that uh, the candy Sweet. bar trivia question. <laughs> guys, thanks for joining me. Thanks for sharing a little bit about what you guys have done in the uh, in the addiction community. Uh, there's so much more we have to do. This is not a fight that's by any means over. 
We are still losing human souls. Families are still being destroyed. And stay at the tip of the spear. Three ten forty eighty. Anybody has an issue, man, with uh, addiction? Thank that's, you. That's say it again. Three ten forty eighty. Case to recovery. Twenty four hours, hours a day. And family members, if they have someone they think is addicted, they can call you. They can call advice. us, and we'll, we'll we'll guide them in the right direction. Yeah, that's important when people, you know, they see the signs of it. They don't know Absolutely. what to do. That's one more time with that number. 310 4080. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> they funny. Say, if you say it three times, people will hear it. 310 4080. Case recovery. Go. Thanks. Won't forget. That was a good plug. <laughs> Excellent. Thanks, guys, for joining me. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this episode of MCSO Behind the Badge. In between episodes, please be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Monroe Sheriff NY. Until next week, be safe.